Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Well, my son asked me to do a teaching that I did a number of years ago. And uh, I got tickled. Pastor Cassie always takes my notes and my scripture verses. And she said, now is this in the King James or the Message Bible? I said, darling, the Message Bible wasn't written when I taught this teaching. (laughs) It goes back a ways. (laughs) So I want to talk to you today about the power of purpose. There are two very profound questions that everyone asks themselves at one time or another. The first one is, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And if you are blessed enough to discover your purpose and identify your purpose in life, the second question is, will I receive that purpose? and act upon that purpose, and will I accept it and fulfill it and pour the balance of my life into making that purpose become a reality? There is an unconscious thing that happens in a lot of Christian people, and it's unfortunate. They really believe that if I yield myself to God fully, He is going to ask me to do something I'm not capable of doing or live somewhere in a country I'm not capable of living. And I just want to take issue and challenge that thought a little bit if I can today. Because I didn't disagree with, I disagreed with that thought and process then when I wrote this. And I disagree with it today, a few decades later. I do not believe God calls and purposes anyone to do something they're incapable of doing. I do not believe that God calls people and sends them to places that they don't want to go. I believe God in His purpose allows us to discover that purpose. And once we have discovered that purpose, it becomes natural to do the things that God requires to fulfill that purpose. Therefore, it's never a fight and never a grind once you understand the purpose of God. I believe God called you To do only those things that he has gifted you and equipped you to do. He places inner capacities within you that match up to the purpose that he has for you. So when he prompts you to do something, when he moves in your life and steers you in a certain direction... He has already placed those inner capacities within you and when you link up those capacities with the purpose of God, it is a perfect fit and you will not hate it and you will not despise it. There's a little bit of a ring in my 
Mike, if you would please pull that out. Philippians 3, verse 12 says this. I don't mean to say, Paul, that I'm perfect. Can we all say amen? amen. Now, he's no different than we are. Paul said, I don't mean to say that I'm perfect because I am lacking in knowledge. I don't know it all yet. Anybody here know it all yet? We got a spiritual museum prepared for you. You'll be a spiritual rarity when we put you in it. Because none of us know it all. Amen? Amen. Anybody know it all? Paul said, I'm not perfect yet. I don't know it all yet. But I'm fighting to become mature in Christ. I want to know. I want to know everything he has for me. I want to see and have a clear vision of the purpose that God has planned for me in my life. Paul said, I'm seeking completion. And and by completion, he means the fullness of the vision and the calling of God on his life. Not just why am I here. I want to know every aspect of it. I want to know everything that it encompasses. Paul said, I'm bringing all of my energies to bear on this one thing, the purpose for which God created me. People, nothing is more beautiful, nothing is more precious than the fact that God has a purpose for your life. And today I'm going to give you seven keys to discovering and fulfilling your purpose. You have to understand Purpose is built by the divine. Purpose is built by design. Purpose is built by nature. Purpose is built by gifting. And purpose is built by abilities. When God divinely creates that purpose corresponding here to that in you, He is creating all of these abilities, your nature, your giftings, all the things that will be needed to match the purpose for which he has called you. Purpose number one, or key number one, God's purpose precedes your creation. God had a purpose for you in eternity. Yeah. In Jeremiah 1.5, he said to the prophet Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before you came forth out of your mother's womb, I ordained you and called you to be a prophet to the nation. Before, 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 I knew you. Why? Because I had a purpose for you. Before you ever became even a thought in anyone's mind. What does that mean? God ordains purpose. He hardwires purpose into the mainframe of your spirit. It is the power that will propel you to the finish line in life if you will give heed to it. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Well, I'm I'm nothing. You know, sometimes that false humility just wears me out. Just learn to take a compliment, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes, oh, oh I'm nothing. Just be quiet. <laughs> just, just learn to let somebody bless you and tell you how they appreciate you. You know, just 
Don't always be waving that religious flag around. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Oh, I'm nothing. I'm not. We grew up a dysfunctional family. We, we had no, It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. It doesn't matter whether your mom and dad wanted a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter if somebody used the word legitimate or illegitimate in your, in your case. It doesn't matter whether your family was a perfect family or a dysfunctional family. It doesn't matter whether you were wanted or not. A couple of months ago, I sat right over the table and someone looked at me and said, my mother and daddy didn't want me. They gave me away. It doesn't matter. You are not illegitimate. What you need is to get a new revelation of who you are in light of the purpose for which God created you. God didn't make a mistake when he created you. And all you have to do is fully surrender yourself and give yourself to that which God created you for and you will be fine. Key number two, your purpose determines your design. First time I ever saw a stealth fighter aircraft, I thought, my Lord, it didn't even look like an airplane. It didn't even look like it would fly. It was designed to completely run under the radar system. Therefore, there are no, like most aeronautical aircraft uh, that we see, have beautiful flowy lines. But in this one, everything chopped and made squares and, and everything looked off kilter and nothing seemed to work. Why? Because there was a purpose before that design was ever made. The purpose dictates the design. God didn't make a mistake with you. He had a purpose when he designed you. Just like the creators of that stealth aircraft had a purpose and then they came to the drawing board and said, how do we make it fit the purpose and run under the radar and be fully undetectable. When British Air and Air France teamed up to build the first supersonic airliner called the Concorde, I thought it was the strangest thing again I'd ever seen. The fuselage was very narrow and small and long with a pointed nose and then massive triangular wings. Didn't even look like it would fly almost. Spacey line. God didn't make a mistake. Well, my personality, it's not what it should purpose when he designed you. And if you can ever get your focus on the purpose of God that he had for you, what you see in the mirror and your design and who God made you to be will be fully acceptable to you. Janice and I went to Eden. Place. Now, I don't want to diminish my, if I have any standing in your eyes, I don't want to diminish it. But I'm just kind of a redneck. I'm from Alabama, you know. And in Alabama, when you sat down to the table, you had one fork, one spoon, and one knife. We went to this restaurant here. The one, now, I'd just rather go to, you know, Cracker Barrel. I'm just, I'm a chain guy. I've done a little something around here. I don't know. I'm kind of proud of it, you know, but we sat down and when we sat down, there were three spoons over here. You remember that, Mia? 
three spoons over here, three forks over here. Three spoons, three forks. Wow. Back where I came from, you got one of each. If you dropped it on the floor, you had to clean it off and eat with it. But you got multiple choice here. So they had a, they had a big spoon. It was big, and then they had a medium-sized spoon, and then they had a little bitty spoon. And the big spoon was obviously a soup spoon. Now, why is that spoon so big? Because it had a purpose. And the purpose dictated the design of the spoon. If we're going to eat soup with a spoon, how many of you would want to eat soup with a teaspoon? Nope. If we're going to eat soup with a spoon, we're going to make a big spoon. And then they make, how many of you have ever been to Haagen-Dazs or one of these little ice cream places and you look at the spoon they give you to eat it with? You get one scoop in a cup and then they give you this little tiny spoon. It's the smallest thing you've ever seen and you're just kind of scraping like that. And you, but there's a reason for that. If you took a soup spoon and got a giant spoon of that ice cream, you would have a brain freeze before you got the spoon down from your mouth. Why? There was a purpose for the teaspoon. A purpose for the soup spoon. And the purpose dictated the design. Do you get what I'm saying to you? There is a purpose for your life. And therefore, God has dictated the design of your life. Your who you are and what you are and everything about you is beautiful and lovely because it's in perfect sync with a purpose for which God created you and made you. This is the very reason you have different churches and different businesses and different people. Let's only go a block and prove my point. Let's go to the corner. Three banks on three different corners. Why? Because they all have a purpose and they're designed to meet the needs of a certain class of people. Same corner. Publix, Winn-Dixie, and that Alta. Alta? Whatever it is. <laughs> they didn't have that one in Alabama. I ain't sure what it is. Why? Three of everything, one block. Because churches are different. Businesses are different. And people are different. Our business, and I founded this church. I did something called Vision Sunday once a year. And I talk about our vision. And we had three pegs. And I told the people I've driven three pegs in the wall here. This is based on what God spoke to us and the purpose for which he called us to this church. And you have people coming in from churches everywhere. Oh, oh, we, I was at this church and they did this. And oh, I just can't imagine being in a church that doesn't have this ministry, doesn't have this ministry, doesn't do that, doesn't do that. What are you going to do about that? Nothing. What do you mean nothing? We got three pegs in the wall and that, that don't hang on these pegs. But there are a couple of churches down the street where it might hang on the peg where they are but it doesn't hang on the peg here. And you know what? We're so religious sometimes. We get mad and offended at that. And we want to take off, take flight. I don't like that church. I believe in this ministry and they don't have that ministry. 
Well, come on. Give me a little bit of a break. We're not all, to be a, we're not all called to be alike. You'd want to find a rock to hide under if everybody was like you. I'd want to find a rock to hide under if everybody was like me. Churches are not alike. Businesses are not alike. You have to get accustomed to, uh, uh, and oriented to the fact that purpose dictates design. And not all churches are for everybody. And we want to get spiritual. Oh, they should be. God. No, they should not be. Churches should do what God has called them to do and purposed them to do. And you know what? I just, one of those pegs was not babysitting recycled Christians. There are churches all over town begging for anybody to drop some tithe in the offering. Come on in, come on. We weren't. I wasn't going to spend my life babysitting recycled Christians that changed churches like they changed clothes. They were hurt over there, offended over there, hurt here, hurt there, and now they show up on your door. That wasn't how I wanted to spend my life. You know what I wanted? The unreached, the unsaved, and people who didn't look like me. Purpose. And you know what the result is? Nobody in this church looks alike. Well, isn't that strange? No, it's not strange at all. It was part of the purpose. It was a part of the plan. We started that way. You know what I told God in the first month of establishing this church in 86? I told God, God, I'll take anybody that walks through the door. I don't care what ethnicity they are. I don't care what color they are. I don't care about anything. I will take anybody that walks through the door and I'll be faithful to them. But could I ask you just one thing? Because we'd been going for a month. I said, would you please just send a few that when they pull their car out of the parking lot, there's not an oil slick under it? <laughs> yeah, you can get all spiritual, but you can get a little flesh in there too, you know. <laughs> Amen. Everybody with me today? Are we having fun? Are we having fun yet in church? <laughs> Number three, your purpose predicts your potential. See, potential does not predict purpose. You ever heard people say, oh, look at, look at uh, Emil there. Boy, does he have potential. Well, you've got it all wrong. What Emil has is purpose. And because he has purpose... God has filled him with potential to fulfill his purpose. But Emil, you're not about potential. You're about purpose. And because you have purpose, you have enormous potential. Now, I can do a lot of things, but there are some things I can't do. For example, God didn't call me to the ministry of dance. (laughs) But there's some things he did call me to, and I've done some of them good. 
but I wouldn't look good in a tutu. So I'm not called to the ministry of dance. I'm, I'm called to the things that I know I'm called to. You know, just because somebody prophesied over you and said, you're going to do this and you attend this church and therefore this church is going to do that doesn't necessarily mean that. Because God didn't call this church to everything. He called it to a few things. And we have a home. I've got the most beautiful and wonderful and sweet wife in the world. I pray over her every day, and I thank God for her every day. And I tell her, I tell God, there are three great things in the Spirit you did for me. You call me to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You call me to be a pastor of the fivefold ministry gift calling, and then you call, and you set us over a beautiful church to pastor. And then in the natural realm, and I said every day. And Lord, the greatest thing you ever gave me in the natural realm was my beautiful, lovely wife. My soulmate for life. And we have a, a drawer that's called the battery drawer. And she loves gadgets, and all gadgets run off batteries. We have a lot of little uh, candles, you know, the kind where you put batteries in them and they flicker. And so we have a battery drawer. There's a lot of potential in the battery drawer. You might have a closet that is filled with batteries. What you would have is a closet filled with a lot of potential. But no matter how much potential, it will never be realized until it is plugged in and connected to the purpose for which it was designed. It'll never be of any use. Potential without purpose for which it was made is completely worthless. So be careful when you talk about people's potential because it's really their purpose from a spiritual standpoint that you should be thinking about. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul, we read earlier, he said, I'm not perfect. I don't have everything figured out. You know, I, I'm working hard every day to fully grow up in Christ, to fully understand the purpose for which he created me. And I take all of my energies and I bring them to bear on this one thing, and that is to understand and fulfill the purpose for which he has called me. See, there are a lot of people that would rather make excuses than to get under the load of purpose. And, you know, every one of us are to take up our cross daily and follow him. What do you put on every day? You put on purpose every day. I have a purpose. And therefore, I've been designed for this purpose. And therefore, all of my energies, all of my talent, all of my ability, everything that I am today will be used toward the fulfillment of that purpose that God has for me. Excuses will keep you addicted to the wrong things in life. Excuses will keep you short of the finish line and the fulfillment of the purpose of God in your life. You know what? You don't have a discipline problem. You have a vision and a purpose problem. As some of you get up every day and you, oh, discipline, 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 work out at the gym, walk. 10 miles every day. I eat clean. 
because you're disciplined. You don't have a discipline problem. You have a vision problem. Discipline is never, some of you are going to love me for this. Oh, you're going to love me so much. And if some of you are going to hate me for this. Discipline is never the objective in life. Oh, thank you, Brother Gary. I knew I didn't have to walk every day and work out every day and do all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, listen to the end of it now before you get too excited. Discipline is never the objective. It is simply a byproduct of purpose. Being willing to pay the price to achieve the purpose for which you have been created is called discipline. It comes second, not first. A lot of you are trying to get disciplined and then find your purpose. Got it all backwards. You got to find your purpose and purpose precedes discipline. Then you'll find the discipline that you need. You know, can I just say this? That maybe I would like to be a little thinner. Okay? Maybe I'd like to be thinner, smaller. Uh, If I go to God who is the designer of my life, my creator, if I go to him and I start talking to him and say, Lord, I kind of would like to be thinner and I'm having a hard time with this. It's not working for me. He might say, well, you know what, Gary? And, And I don't mean this disrespectful, but I believe God is a father and I believe he speaks to us like a You know what, Gary? You've done some good things toward your purpose. You fulfill so many of them, but you know, you bring up a good point. You bring up a real good point because there are probably some areas, you know, in this greater purpose that I have for you that are really restricted because of a few things that you haven't quite surrendered yet. And you know, if you could kind of get a vision of the purpose the full purpose for which I've called you, then you would find the discipline to link up with the purpose that I have for you. And see, it's that way with everything in life. You don't have a discipline problem, you have a purpose problem, a vision problem. And once you get the vision squared away and the purpose squared away, you will find the discipline to do what you need to do. If you see the purpose for life, you'll find the discipline for life. Discipline, you got to hear this now. Discipline that doesn't come out of purpose and vision is bondage and legalism. Some of you are in such bondage and such legalism and doing all these things that you think is bringing discipline in your life and they have nothing to do with the purpose of God. But once you find a purpose in life, then you'll find the discipline that you need to accomplish that purpose. Anybody here? Anybody open to receive something new and different? Okay, you gotta be open. If you know it all, you don't need to be here. No. Number, what is this, four? All right, number four. God's purpose is always nestled in your nature. 
It's always nestled in your nature. Can I give you my definition of nature? It's qualities that belong to you by birth, origin, and design. God put qualities in you at birth, origin, and design that are unique to you, and they're unique to your purpose. You ever heard anybody say, well, that's just what he does naturally? Well, he does it naturally because nature is nestled in purpose. You know, and when you know the purpose for your life, then you understand things that come natural to you. How about, everybody help me out here. Birds do what naturally? Fish do what naturally? Retrievers do what naturally? I rest my case. What do hound dogs do? Hound. <laughs> no, they hunt. Hound dogs hunt. I grew up in Alabama and everybody had two or three old hound dogs. And you know, you'd open the gate and boy, they'd be, rah, rah, rah. they'd be barking, carrying on. As soon as the gate was that wide, they're heading for the woods. You better have your shotgun and be ready to go. You had an old hound dog run out and he's hanging around you and your tongue out flopping and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're going, shoo, 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 go on, go on, go on. You might as well shoot that dog because he's not going to hunt. <laughs> now remember, I wrote this three decades ago. You could say that back then. <laughs> I claim immunity. <laughs> Why do they do that? Because hound dogs had a purpose. God said, you guys are going to feed more families. And we ate everything in Alabama that we killed. Everything. All my life. We, my wife, me, our family were hunters and they hunted. I mean, squirrel, rabbit, everything. They'd go hunting almost every day and bring stuff home, put it in the pot. You know? Anybody here? Whew. And here's the thing about hound dogs, about birds and about fish. They love doing what they do. We live next door to a retriever. He'd come over every day with his little tennis ball in his mouth. I'd have to get after Tyler. He was living at home then and, and get after everybody because they'd run that dog. But he'd just have, he'd look like an old horse lathered up. He'd, I'd just say, you guys don't throw that ball anymore. You're going to kill that dog. And then me and Janice had a little dog, and his name was Pumpkin. And Pumpkin was a little poodle about this big, and he was orange, so we named him Pumpkin. And Pumpkin had the heart of a warrior. He's this big. You know, somebody knock on, open the door, have to grab him. He's trying to jump out of your hand. I mean, you can't do nothing. He had the heart of a warrior. The door was open that far, boom, he'd hit the door and out he'd go. He'd chase every animal within, within a block. He'd garden that two and a half acres that we lived on. Best watchdog we ever had. We had an old dog that was about 100, weighed over 100 pounds, about this big. Biggest coward I ever saw. He'd run the, he'd run the other way no matter what. He'd, he'd, but pumpkin, didn't matter what it was, you know. Didn't make any difference what it was. Janice and I came home one day. 
we found Pumpkin in the backyard dead. True story. And laying just a couple of feet away from him was an armadillo. He'd come for battle. He had his armor on and everything. But he, he met a warrior called Pumpkin. And they both died there in the backyard. And I buried Pumpkin and I buried the armadillo. And it's a true story. You see, you can put ribbons and bows, and she did every time she had him fixed up every two weeks. They'd bring Pumpkin home with ribbons and bows and his little nails painted. <laughs> and the first time the door, boom, he's out, and he'd come back in, run through briars, brumbles, everything, come back in, matted stuff all hung in him, bows hanging off, ribbons <laughs> hanging off, because he's a warrior. See, there's a lot of people trying to make things that have been purposely designed into something else. But inside, they know what they've been designed for. And they know what their purpose is. Everybody still with me? Okay, now. We're not quite ready here, guys. I still got some time there. I ain't giving up up nothing today, so just hang on to your horses, all right? You guys know I'm kidding now. I'm just having fun. (laughs) I feel very comfortable today. (laughs) All right, I'm going to skip over here. Time's running short here. Number five, here we go. Uh, Your purpose coincides with your gifts and abilities. So you don't have to learn to be somebody different to do what God called you to do because your purpose coincides with your gifts and your abilities. Owls, God made them as nocturnal creatures and they can see at nighttime better than uh, you can see in the daytime because God made them to hunt at night. And then woodpeckers, they have these long hard beaks and their head sets on a, a shock absorber and they peck into trees and barks and find insects to feed themselves. And God made them that way. He made them to be different. And you can't make a, a, a woodpecker into an owl and you can't make an owl into a woodpecker. Yeah. See, the bottom line is when Janice looked at me when I was sitting there carrying on about those three spoons, spoons and three forks, number one, God purposed me to be a man. <laughs> and men aren't made to be formed into something they're not. When I touch things, they mess up. When she touches things, they're perfect. But I'm a man, and I do certain things, and can I just say, women, you can't change a man into what you are and make him like you. He's always gonna be a man. He's gonna be sloppy, he's gonna throw his drawers on the floor, he's gonna throw his... I mean, you can't make him into what you are. Now, that one was free right there. <laughs> Number, <laughs> Number six. God's provision follows his purpose, not your plans. I don't know, I'm trying to do something in life and there's just no money, no resources, no nothing. Check your purpose. Because God's resources follow his purpose, not your plans. 
Resources don't follow the direction you're going because it might be the wrong direction. You might be doing your own thing. Resources follow God's purpose. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 16, a man's gift makes room for itself. You ever wondered about that scripture? Put the right words in it. A man's purpose and calling makes room for itself. Because it'll be natural to him, he'll flow with it, and it'll be a thing of beauty in his life. Lastly, no applause. Number seven, learn to soar with your strengths and manage your weaknesses. You know, little Billy can't do math. Got an A in history, A in science, straight A's and everything, but he's got a really bad grade in math. What do you do? I know what you do. You hire a tutor, and you just pile the math on something he had on him, something he hadn't been designed to do. You know what the problem is? You're trying to make him a mathematician, and God called him to be a scientist. That's why he makes straight A's in science, and that's why he hates math. Well, some of the kids ought to go, go, Pastor Gary. <laughs> this man knows what he's talking about. Okay, one last little story and we're through. Mark Twain. He told a story about a man that wanted to find the greatest general that had ever lived in the world. This man wrote books on the military. He spent his entire lifetime interviewing military people in search for the greatest general in the world. He never found him, and he died, and he went to heaven. And St. Peter was standing at the pearly gates. And he said, come on in. He walks right in through the pearly gates, said, before I get in here and get started, there's just one thing I want to know. I'm here on a mission. I'm looking for the world's greatest general. St. Peter said, oh, that's an easy one right there. It's that man standing right over there. He said, Oh, St. Pete, you must be mistaken. That guy's from the village I'm from. He's the blacksmith. St. Peter said, yeah, that's true. He is the blacksmith. But you know what? If he had been a general, he would have been the greatest general in the world. Don't miss your purpose in life. And... Back to my story about Pumpkin. Pumpkin, with all of his ribbons, all of his bows, and all of his painted nails, Pumpkin died on the battlefield because inside he believed he was a warrior. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.